Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. So welcome this morning to Awaken Life Church. Um, we have, uh, if you don't know how many kids we have, we have four kids, my wife and I, and we decided to take them to Chuck E. Cheese yesterday. And uh, I'm just going to, this is just a public service announcement to all of you who have kids. Um, Chuck E. Cheese on a Saturday afternoon is a bad idea. We found that out yesterday. And uh, it was a little overwhelming, especially with the baby uh, running around. And uh, if you see a hand sanitizer station that you question, like, if you'd actually be more dirty if you used it, that's bad. That's bad. So I decided not to use the hand sanitizer station. And, uh, but we had fun, and our little guy, we've got uh, a little baby who's about 13 months now, and he's like a wind-up toy. You just set him down, and he's just as fast as he can go from one end to the other. And so we just, one of us just watched the other kids while the other one chased him the whole time. And, but they had a fun time. And uh, anyway, just a little public service announcement there for all of you with kids. So Angela preached last week. She did an amazing job. Amen. She did. So if you weren't here last week, and I'm so serious, go listen to that message. Such a powerful message. Um, you know, we, we say it all the time, but we've just, we've known Angela for, I don't, I don't want to say too, how many years? 13 years. Okay. And we've liked her for like 11 of those years. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, we've just seen more breakthrough in your life than anybody else that we know in, in the past uh, 13 years. And uh, man, it was a powerful message. If you need breakthrough in your life, um, listen to that message. Such a good message. So um, I want to just make some declarations this morning. You know, God is so good to confirm what he speaks, and he does it through worship. He did it through intercessory prayer, and he just confirms um, to us what he wants to do in the moment. And so I just want to uh, make a couple declarations this morning just uh, Prophetically, I just want to declare breakthrough happening this morning. I just declare breakthrough happening in every area and in any area that you need breakthrough. I'm just declaring right now in the spirit that God is bringing the breakthrough and he's bringing the answer that you need in Jesus' name. I also just felt when I was praying this morning that God's speaking breakthrough in addictions. No matter how small they are, how big they are, God is bringing breakthrough for every addiction this morning in Jesus' name. So let's just pray together. Father, we give you this time, we give you this service, we ask for your kingdom of heaven to open over this place. God, just like Jacob, he laid his head on the rock, and he experienced an open heaven, and there was angels ascending and descending, bringing blessing from heaven, and so we just declare an open heaven over this place, God, that you are bringing blessing from heaven, Father God. God, you're exchanging your life for the fear and for the addictions and for all the things that we battle, God, that's come against us to keep us from experiencing the fullness of what you have. We just declare, God, that you are doing something powerful in this spirit today. In Jesus' name, God, I just give you my tongue. I just pray that you would just speak through me this morning, that you just edit my message as it needs to be edited. Holy Spirit, we just want you to speak powerfully this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I just wanted to share just a a brief story with you this morning. Um, My wife and I started, I I said this a couple weeks ago, but this is our second church. 
um, not counting the churches that we kind of grew up in. But this, in our adult life of churches that we chose to go to, this is our second church. And we started attending church about 14, almost 15 years ago. And it was when our, our daughter was born. We hadn't really attended any church regularly. And when our daughter was born, um, I just felt this conviction of like, hey, do we really believe this thing or not? Like, do we believe God or not? And if we do, let's, let's point our life towards God. Let's raise our family in church. And so my wife and I, we uh, tried out a few different churches, and Tia was a baby, and this is my daughter, Tia. I'm so proud of sitting right here in the front row. She's amazing. And um, we tried out a few churches, and the first church we tried out, um, the pastor actually prophesied a, a disease over somebody. So we're like, okay, we don't know much, but we know that's not right. That's, that's not good. And so we went to another church, and it was okay, but it just really didn't, you know, didn't feel like home. And then finally, my sister um, struggled with uh, drug addiction, and we didn't know until I think she was like 17 or 18, but she had been struggling for a few years with drug addiction. And so she went to uh, Master's Commission, which is a ministry program, if you don't know, and she started to turn her life around and cleaned up her, her life. And one day she's calling us and saying, hey, I found this new church. You guys got to come and check it out. So I'm like, if my former drug addict sister is inviting me to church, that's a church worth checking out. And so that was, as many of you know, that was SFA. And my wife and I attended. And the first week, um, we were driving home. We used to live in Goodyear at the time. So it was a, it was a long drive. It was an old church in the air park that some of you remember. So it was about a 50-minute drive. And we're driving home. And we looked at each other and said, is this our church? And we both thought, this is our church, and we actually shook on it, and we like agreed. We're like, okay, this is it. This is the church, and so that was where we really began um, to face our life towards Jesus and pursue God, and so it's been about 14 or 15 years since we turned our life towards Jesus, and about 10 of those years, we've been in ministry, and so in ministry and in leadership, how many understand that God is the one who promotes you to a position of leadership? There's never been one time where we were seeking a position of leadership, but every time God was like drawing us out, using people to draw us out and say, hey, I see you as a leader. I, see, I want you to do this. I want you to lead a Sunday school class, all the way up to starting this church. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. You know, during, our li- during that time, those past 14 years, our lives have been radically blessed, radically blessed. God has just raised us up as people. He's, he's so strengthened our, and changed our marriage. Um, he's done so many things personally for us, so many issues in our life that God has just gently and beautifully come and weeded out. And he's just taken us from glory to glory. And uh, so many miracles. I could go on. I don't want to take too much time, but miracle after miracle and healings and all kinds of amazing things that God's done in our lives. And I just want to encourage you, when you face your life towards Jesus, he's going to take you from glory to glory to glory. There's so much in just sim- that one thing, just simply just saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to pursue God. We're going to connect to a body of believers. We're going to be faithful to our church. We're going to pursue God, and he is going to automatically, he starts working on your life. Amen. It's like the song we were singing this morning. He's like coming after us. The minute we turn our heart towards him, like we know the story of the prodigal son. It's like when he was away from the father, the father couldn't bless him. 
But it's like the second he showed back up, it's like the father's just pouring out blessing. Amen? Starting with like, hey, let's, let's throw a party. Amen? And so when you turn your life toward the Lord, he does so much in your life. I want to read that verse, Joshua 24, 15. It's Joshua speaking, and he says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We must make a choice. Amen? We need to make a choice of whom we're going to serve. He says, you're going to choose, for the, choose yourself this day, who you're going to serve. So if we, if we don't choose to serve the Lord, we are making a choice to serve whatever, to serve money, to serve a pursuit of happiness, whatever we think is, is uh, going to get us life. But Joshua says, for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord. And so Joshua determined in himself to pursue and serve the Lord. And when we do that, Romans 8.28 kicks in. God's working all things together for our good. Amen? That is our promise. To those who love the Lord, are called according to His purpose, He's working all things together for our good. So, so much happens by simply facing our life towards God with a humble spirit. So much happens just in that. So much blessing and favor comes from simple humility. Just, I mean, it's a position of humility to pursue God, to say, God, I don't have it all figured out. I need you. That's a position of humility to just say, God, I'm going to pursue you, and I'm trusting you, not myself. Amen? Our job is to surrender to the process. Surrender. Trust in God. Have faith that he is guiding you. He's revealing what you need to see. If we're going to be led by the shepherd, we need to listen for how he's leading. Amen? We need to listen. What are you saying to me, God? What are you saying? What are you speaking to me? What are you trying to get me to understand? What are you trying to get me to believe? What lie are you trying to remove out of my life? So when we're being led by the shepherd, when we're pursuing God, we need to actually expect to hear from him. And we start to listen and say, God, what is it? I'm expecting to hear your voice. What are you saying? It's part of being led by the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. Where are we going, God? I'm listening. My wife and I are trying to make a decision right now, and we're pretty sure that we know what to do. But we're like, God, we're listening. If this isn't it, show us. Give us a dream. Give us a warning. Show us. We're listening. So even though God is taking us just simply in that pursuit of him, pointing our life towards him, I like to say, he's taking us from glory to glory. And even though he's doing that and he's increasing our lives every day, a lot of times we hit a roadblock. And then we realize, oh man, I've been hitting this roadblock my whole life. Same, Same roadblock. And we can see, like, if we look at our life, like if my wife and I look at our life over the last 14 years, we can see, like, a tremendous amount of blessing. But there'll be this little roadblock, like, oh, I'm stuck in this one area. I have not gotten over this thing. And it might be fear. It might be a personal struggle that you've had. It might be a lack of joy. It might be a lack of financial prosperity. It might be anxiety in your heart. 
It might be anger. And I just want to encourage you, you know, because the enemy is always going to try to get you to look at that speck on the carpet and the problem. He's always going to try to see, see, you've never gotten over that thing. And he's going to try to get you to ignore all the things that God has done in your life. So our focus needs to be on what God has done, and it actually gives us confidence that he's going to fix and, and take care of this roadblock that we're dealing with. Amen? So we want to keep our focus in the right thing. The enemy is always going to try to, to sway you away from what God's done and point you towards what he's not done in your life. So we know that God has grown our lives, but we just haven't seen growth in this certain area of our life. So I just want to infuse you with some hope today that God can and he will break through in these areas for you. Amen. He tells us in Romans 5, 5, he says, my hope does not disappoint. He's telling us in in essence, get your hopes up. Dare to hope. He's the God of hope. You know, he's hopeful for every situation in your life. Ask him for his perspective when you feel hopeless. You're like, God, this seems hopeless. What's your perspective? It's like, well, I'm the God of hope. I am full of hope for this situation for you. Amen? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So in every area of struggle... I guarantee you that the Lord's been trying to get you to break through for years. And that when you come up against that roadblock and you're like, man, this is just the one area I've not gotten past. I guarantee you God's been trying to get you past it. But we just haven't discerned his voice. We just haven't received his grace. We just haven't surrendered in that area and to the grace that he's providing, trying to bring us out. He's drawing us out lovingly and gently. So we, we know the Israelites, they wandered in the desert for 40 years on a journey that should have taken three weeks. 40 years on a journey that should have taken three weeks. That's ridiculous, right? That's, that's ridiculous. What happened? What happened? They were coming from generations. By the way, those people that he was trying to take into the promised land, they were coming from generations, 400 years of a slave mentality. Not just their fathers and their grandfathers, but their great-grandfathers and their great-great-grandfathers were slaves. And that slave mentality had been passed down to them. And God's trying to bring them into the promised land, but he's like, I can't bring you into the promised land as long as you have this slave mentality because you can't handle the blessings that I have for you. You can't bring that slave mentality into that new land of promise, that blessing that God wants to bring you into. So he's like, I have to get that slave mentality out of you. Generations of feeling less than. 400 years of slavery. Generations of feeling like we're not as good as the Egyptians. We're under them. They're better than us. Generations of feeling less than. God could not bring them into possess the promises that he had as long as they had the mentality of less than. And God wants to get that mentality of less than off of you. Generations of hopelessness. You can't possess the promises that I have for you as, you're, as long as you're holding on to hopelessness. I'm trying to get you into hope so I can bring you into the promised land. So that's one of the reasons why I believe God used Moses 
to bring them out of slavery. He didn't, he didn't have, he was raised in the palace. He didn't have that generational thing passed down to him of hopelessness or feeling less than. In fact, he felt pretty special. He's like, I'm royalty. I'm not less than anybody. I'm going to rule. Amen? He didn't have that generation of hopelessness. He's like, man, look at what we accomplished. Like, look, we can do anything. He He had a hope mindset. He had a royalty mindset. He didn't have that slave mentality. So God used Moses to take people out of slavery because he thought like a king. It was having to do with the way he thought. So God was trying to get that slave mentality, that less than mentality, that not enough, I'm not enough mentality out of the Israelites so that they could inherit their promised land, the land that he would promised to them. It's theirs. It's theirs to possess. But God will not give them something that they can't hold on to because of feeling less than or like slaves. They would have lost it immediately if God would have just given it over to them. He's like, I have to do something in your heart. I have to do something in your mind so that you can possess the land, not just temporarily occupy it. God wants you to possess the land. So it's symbolic of God getting those issues out of our life so that we can inherit our own promised land. God wants you to thrive. Amen. That's something that God's going after today. Every thought in your mind that wars against that. Because some of you right now, when I even said that, you're like, but, uh, but does he really? God wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive. He's not holding you back. He's trying to, he's trying to bring you into truth. He's trying to get you to, to break every stronghold, everything that the enemies used to hold you back. He's trying to get you past it so that he can get you into blessing. Amen? It's not a blessing for him to drop a million dollars on your lap if it's going to ruin your life and he knows it. He's got to get your mind to change about money or whatever it is. I'm using money in this example. He's got to get your mind to change, to think like him so that he can give you that blessing and you know how to steward it well. Amen? I think God would love to drop a million dollars on our lap if he knew that, he could, that we could steward that blessing and it wouldn't actually destroy us or take us away from him. Amen? So he's doing everything on his part. He's trying to get to us. He's trying to draw those, those lies out of our heart. He's trying to get in and love us and show us his goodness so that we can inherit our promised land. He wants you to thrive Make that a core belief. God, you want me to thrive, so what am I missing? It's not you that's holding me back. You want my marriage to thrive. You want my finances to thrive. So our job is to identify the roadblock. Bad beliefs, struggles, and strongholds that are holding us back from living victoriously. And then here's here's really where I'm going to this morning. Once we've identified that roadblock, We need to get determined to learn to receive truth in that area until we get it. It's a determination that's like, God, I am sick of going around this mountain. I'm sick of going around this mountain of poverty mindset. I'm sick of going around this mountain of struggle. I'm sick of going around this mountain of fear. I'm sick of of going around this mountain of stress and anxiety. I'm done. I'm not going around the mountain anymore, God. 
So I know it's not you that's holding me back. So God, what am I missing? I'm going to learn the lesson. I'm going to receive the truth. I'm not going to leave this season until you show me and promote me so, so you can take me into the promised land. This is a message about getting determined. It's not a message about works and earning because God has already done it all, amen? He's already provided the land. It's a message about getting determined. Like, God, I'm sick of living in this fear. I'm not staying here. So what am I missing? Show me. God, I believe you want me to thrive. But I'm not thriving. There's a roadblock. What am I missing, God? What are you trying to teach me? He wants to speak to you. He wants us to hear his voice. And when you begin to discern what God is teaching you, and I guarantee you it's tied to your biggest struggle or something, your roadblock, you're like, God, what have I not learned here? What have I not received? In what area am I blocking your grace? Because I don't want to circle this mountain anymore. So when we begin to discern that, we can form that into a vision for our season. We say, okay, this is the season I'm in. God's trying to get me past this poverty mindset. God, you're bringing me past poverty mindset and into a hope mindset, into a royalty mindset. Or it could be financial. God, I'm, I'm sick of struggling financially. What am I not getting? Because I know it's not you that's holding back financial blessing. So God, you are teaching me to have a prosperity mindset and you are ridding me. This could be a vision. Like God, you are ridding me of this poverty mindset and you are teaching me how to have a wealth mindset so you can bring me into the promised land of blessing. So we begin to see that roadblock and instead of so many times, I think this is common in American Christian culture, is we'll see the roadblock and we'll feel discouraged and we'll be like, well, I'm just not going to think about that. Instead of being like, God, I'm not circling this mountain anymore. What have I not learned here? I'm going to park here. This is my season. Because in in our American Christian culture, we have like, sometimes people bounce from church to church and from message to message and prophetic word to prophetic word. And it can be, it can actually be running. Instead of planting your feet and being like, right here, this is what I need to learn. This is the one thing I need to learn. This may be a simplest thing. I'm not moving until I learn this lesson. I'm sick of going around the mountain. I'm going to plant my feet here. I'm not going to move. God, what am I missing? And we get determined to receive. There's a really cool verse in Proverbs 10, verse 5. I think we have it for the screens. And I found this verse as I was preparing for this message. It says, Know the importance of the season you're in, and a wise son you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. So I want to ask you this morning, what season are you in? What is God trying to show you? What is God trying to show you? What is he trying to get you to believe? 
What is he trying to get you to understand about his character that you have not embraced yet? And I want to encourage you to not run from that season. To just park yourself and say, God, I'm planting my feet. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to run from this thing anymore. I'm planting my feet until I get this one. I'm sick of going around the mountain. Not going to do it anymore. Become determined. Every day is an opportunity to discern what season you're in and get determined about learning what God is showing you and teaching you in that season. When you know what season you're in, every moment becomes about that season. Like, God, what are you showing me? I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I just like... get up in prayer in the morning and I'm just like, God, this is my season. What are you teaching me today in this season? What do I need to see? And throughout my day, I'm like speaking my vision. Like this is what God's doing for me in this season. And I'm expecting to hear from God. I'm expecting him to give me a word. I'm expecting him to show me things and how life, how he'll show us things in nature. He'll show us things in situations we see. God, what am I missing? I want to learn. Teach me. Again, it's not about works. It's not about earning. It's about growing in spiritual maturity so that we can receive the promises that God has prepared for us. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. A few months ago, that verse was just so on my heart. God gives grace to the humble. It was just like playing it over and over in my mind. It's like, so when I come into a, a, a position of humility, of like, God... I'm, I'm going to humble myself in this area. I have not figured this thing out. It positions me to receive a whole bunch of grace. A ton of grace for that area. God gives grace to the humble. But when I actually say, like, I'm going to figure this out in my own strength, or I'm just going to ignore that, it's a, it's a sort of pride that rises up. And God resists the proud. So it's like, God, maybe I've, maybe I've rose up in pride about this thing, and I've, I've pretended like it wasn't a big deal. But God, I'm humbling myself about this area. When we position ourselves in humility, we position ourselves to receive a ton of grace. He wants to pour out his grace. Man, just pure humility will get you so far with the Lord. He gives grace to the humble. He's looking for humility to pour out grace. What is grace? Grace is his empowerment to heal you. It's his empowerment to set you free. Amen? It's about being determined to learn and grow. It's about saying, like, I am determined to learn what God is trying to show me because I am tired of circling the same mountain. So determine what God is trying to show you. Identify that roadblock. And then have a clear vision for that season. Write it down. The Bible says, write the vision down. Make it plain on paper. Mine's in my phone. Every challenge is an opportunity to grow. Every challenge is an opportunity for promotion. So when we run from challenge, we're, run, we're running from growth. We're running from promotion. And if you start to think that way, your mind will change real quick. Like Because we look at challenges and we're like, Ugh, I just got to get through this. 
Life's so hard. It's another thing I've got to get through. And we'll medicate ourselves with Netflix. <laughs> Till we get through this hard season. What if we changed our mind and we said every challenge is an opportunity to grow? Every challenge is an opportunity to, for God to promote me to the next level. So God, during this challenge, what do I need to learn? What are you trying to show me? What am I missing? I'm going to embrace Not the challenge, but I'm going to embrace learning. I'm going to embrace and I'm going to humble myself and say, God, I'm sick of going around this mountain. What is it that you're trying to teach me? I'm done vegging out on Netflix when I have a problem. (laughs) Or whatever it is. Whatever your go-to is. Get determined, okay? This is actually an opportunity. This challenge is an opportunity for me. Amen? God really does work difficult situations for good. It's Romans 8.28 again. He's working all things together for your good. He's going to use every hard situation, every attack of the enemy to teach you and to grow you if you let him. If you park and say, God, this challenge is actually going to work out for my good. So what am I missing? What do you need to teach me? Where's the stronghold? What am I not believing about your character? So I'll use myself as an example. So you identify a roadblock in your life. You're like, dang, I've been hitting this thing for years. It's been there my whole life. And the enemy will immediately try to bring in hopelessness. Yeah, this one's too hard for God. Ha, 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 ha. I like, I like to phrase what the enemy is saying in your mind because then you realize how stupid it is. Oh, yeah, this struggle's too hard for God. Ha, 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 ha. This is too hard. God can't do this one. So I like to just laugh at the lies of the enemy. It's one, thing, one of the things we do around here. God, in Psalms 2, it says, God sits in the heavens and he laughs. If you look at what he's laughing at, he's laughing at the lies of the enemy. So if he's laughing at lies, why don't we laugh at lies? So I'm going to laugh at the lie of the enemy. And when we do that, it actually gives us a supernatural power over it. And we begin to see the truth. So I'll use myself as an example. So in this season, in my season... I'm in a season of learning how to manage myself well, regardless of what others do around me. So I'm in a season, my personal season right now, of like roadblocks I've hit. I'm like, okay, God, what are you showing me? And the Lord began to speak to me and says, I want you to enter and embrace the season of learning how to manage yourself well, regardless of what other people do around you. So it's a determination for me of like, you encounter someone with anger who's like mad at you, which I did like a month ago. Someone who was having a bit of road rage. And they rose up in all this anger. And I was like, hmm, no, I'm not going to engage like that. I'm going to actually engage in the fruit of the Spirit. Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Anytime I want to partner with those, Holy Spirit's right there with me. I'm fully empowered by the Holy Spirit to deal with that situation. So it was actually a a good victory for me because, and certainly I'm not tooting my horn. My wife's known me for a long time. So she's seen me respond to anger with anger many times. We've known each other since I was 18 and she was 16. And so, and man, especially when I was young, when someone would come at me with anger, I'd be like, well, I can go right over you with anger. Like, I can play this game. And so this person flipped out, and it was actually, in a, I was parked, and I just pulled up a little bit, and they were, I was actually in 
parked uh, in front of their driveway, so I pulled up a little bit, like a foot, and they were turning at the same time into their driveway, and I didn't see them. So I stopped, and this person just exploded in anger, like all kinds of cuss words. And it was a victory for me because I just looked over at them, and I was like, huh, I don't have to engage that way. I'm at peace right now. I'm partnered with the Holy Spirit. So I was just like, I'm sorry. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? The Holy Spirit can't partner with anger. He can't partner with it. When we rise up in anger, we're on our own. We're on our own. Holy Spirit's like, I I really want to partner with you, but I I can't flow in that. When we rise up in self-protection, he can't partner with that. When we rise up and with this critical spirit, he's like, I can't partner with that. I can partner with love. I can partner with self-control. I can partner with peace. So it's even like, for me, it's like even discerning. In this season, I'm learning how to manage myself well, regardless of how other people manage themselves. So it's even discerning like, okay, Holy Spirit, how do, how do you want me to manage myself in this moment? It's like, oh, this, you just need my love right now. So for me, it could even look like just taking a break. Like, and also in this season, so when you identify your season and you have a vision for the season, so my vision for the season right now is God's teaching me how to <clears throat> manage myself well, regardless of how other people manage themselves. So I've identified my season. And in that season, like God starts to show you more and more. He starts to give you scriptures that you can hold on to. And one of the things that God starts speaking to me is about being reactive. Got off my notes. About reacting versus responding. So reacting is like, like when you go to the doctor and hit your knee with the thing, and your knee kicks out, your leg kicks. That's like a reaction, right? It's like involuntary. So it's like if I'm going to react, it's like I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Someone could come at me with something, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm out of control. I'm just reacting, right? That's how we see people get shot in road rage. So the Lord's teaching me the difference of reacting and responding. Responding is like what Jesus did when he saw, he went into the temple and he saw the money changers. He didn't react. Like, it's funny because some, some people call that temple tantrum, like that call that story temple tantrum, like Jesus just had a, a tantrum. But if you read the story really close, he saw what was going on and then he went and sat down. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. He went and sat down and made a whip. He was calculating how he was going to respond. And then he rose up in righteous authority and said, this is not okay. This is not going to happen here. But it was a response, not a reaction. Amen? So for me, it's even been learning how to respond and not react. Like, okay, I just need a minute. I just need, I need a minute because I'm not going to react. I'm going to partner with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to respond. So Holy Spirit, how do you want me to partner with you to, re- to respond? And he'll show you. And then you get to partner with him and respond. And the cool thing about that is when you, <coughs> when you respond out of the Holy Spirit and partner with him, you're partnering with the very nature of God to bring the kingdom of heaven into that situation. Amen. We get to partner with God's nature. That's what it means to be royalty. 
We're partnered with the Father in His nature. Like, I get to partner with self-control in this moment and not do the thing that I want to do in reaction. Amen? And then when I do that, man, all of heaven's with me. All of heaven's, like, coming through me, bringing peace, bringing life. Amen? So when you know what season you're in and, and when you're learning uh, and what you're learning in that season, you can be at peace with process. So many times we see that roadblock and we're not at peace. And that's why we're vegging out on Netflix. That's why we're running from it. That's why we're like, I don't want to think about it. Let me get another prophetic word and run over here or change churches. Or... But when it's like we, we actually embrace process and we're like, no, I'm going to plant myself in this season. I'm going to figure out what, what you're showing me in this season, God. Then we can actually be okay with not being there yet. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right? We can be okay with process. Like, okay, in my season, I'm learning how to, how to react or respond, not react. I'm learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit and, and partner with Him regardless of what other people around me are doing. So when I blow it, I don't have to feel like a failure because what I'm in the season... I'm learning. I'm like, okay, God, I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm in the season of learning. So I'm just not there yet. So, okay, so in this latest failure, God, what am I missing? What have I not embraced? What have I not learned yet? And you start to see progress. You start to see so much progress. You know, for, for me, like in this season, like sometimes it takes me five minutes just to like start to renew my mind. And just be like, okay, God, I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. Holy Spirit, I'm partnering with you. Like, just like, let me be alone for a second. But it's like, it seems like the times are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Until I, I feel like where God has taken me is it'll be like, like, like that. Be like, nope, I don't, have to, I don't have to engage like that. I get to engage with the Holy Spirit, and that's how I'm going to respond to the situation. Amen? So he starts to grow you in your season. So and also, in your season, you can be okay with process. Once you've identified what you're getting over, once you identify this is what God's teaching me, you can be at peace with process and not feel hopeless about that thing anymore. Okay, okay God, I'm in process. Show me what I need to see. In your season, celebrate progress and don't expect perfection while you're learning. Don't expect perfection. God celebrates progress. Religion only celebrates perfection, but God celebrates progress. So discern what season you're in and write it down. I use myself as an example. I'm in a season of learning how to manage myself well, regardless of what others do around me. Discern your season. Write it down. Have a vision for what season you're in. Write the vision down. Make it plain on paper. Then speak powerful declarations over yourself for your season. Start to speak powerful declarations over yourself for your season. Here's one of mine that I'm playing in my mind throughout the day. It's really simple. Here's my declaration for myself I have great responses. I have great responses. Oh, I can face a challenge. You know why? Because I have great responses. I'm not going to be reactive. I'm going to respond. 
I have great responses. So even in the middle of a, of a tension or a conflict, I'm like, I have great responses. I'm good. I have great responses. I'm partnered with the Holy Spirit. So discern, discern what season you're in. Write it down. Make your vision plain. Number two, speak powerful declarations over yourself for your season. Ask God what he's speaking over you. Write those down. And you want to almost like, the word mantra has like a negative connotation. But it's almost like your vision for the season, you want that plain over and over in your mind. Like this is the season I'm in. Because when you're aware of your season, everything becomes about it. Everything can be a learning tool. Everything can be like every time you read the word, it's like God's speaking to you for that season, that thing you're going through. Have it fresh in your mind all the time. This is what I'm learning. This is my declarations. And then grab onto some powerful scripture. Even if it's just two or three scriptures, grab onto some powerful scripture for your season. Example, like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One of the ones I'm using is Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. So I'm partnered with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to partner with that, and I'm going to bring the kingdom into the, these situations and not the flesh. Here's another one, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. So that's another one I'm using. No weapon formed against me will prosper. This roadblock's coming down. This is not going to prosper. That's God's promise over me. So have a vision for the season you're in. Repeat your vision to yourself. Have it in your mind. And each morning in prayer, I'm meditating on the season I'm in. God, this is, this is the season I'm in, and this is what you're showing me. I'm celebrating the progress. I'm not beating myself up for the areas I've not got it yet, and I'm receiving grace. God, I'm humbling myself to receive grace for this season because I'm sick of going around this mountain. I'm going to get this one. We need to receive grace growing each season. So much of it is about just receiving, coming into that humility and receiving the grace for God to empower you. Grace empowers. Amen. So for this morning, sometimes I have you stand. I don't want to have you stand, but just close your eyes this morning. And I just want you to ask the Lord this morning, just in your heart, say, God, what are, you, what are you trying to teach me in this season? What season am I in? just want to give you a minute. Just ask the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak powerfully this morning. God, we want to come into the promised land. God, we don't want to keep going around the same mountain in our marriage. We don't want to go around the same mountain in our thinking. God, we don't want to go around the same mountain in our finances. Holy Spirit, just speak powerfully. 
Now I want you to take what the Lord just spoke to you and write it down. Make it a vision for your life. Ask God to create to, to form it into a vision and then write it down. Get determined. God, I'm receiving your grace for this thing. I'm tired of running from it. I'm receiving your grace. I'm going to learn this lesson. Write it down and begin to speak powerful declarations over yourself for that season. And then grab onto some powerful scripture. And plant yourself to be determined I'm not running anymore. I'm not going to run. I'm going to stay right here, God, until I get this word.